guys. Welcome to Heart to Talk, the podcast. I am your host, Teresa Caesar, and you are tuned into episode 17. Okay, guys, so I have a couple questions for you. Here's the first one. What's the hardest choice you've had to make to fulfill your destiny? Here's my second one. What have you not done yet that you know you need to do to fulfill your destiny? I believe choice is destiny's soulmate. That was said by Sarah Van Bronick in her book called Something More. And I just love that line. She talks just about how life is made up of small choices and big choices. And the small choices matter. They're the everyday choosing to wake up and be happy, make your bed, eat healthy, go for a run, And then we have those big choices, and those are the hard ones to make. Although we know something within us is nudging us, there's a whisper wanting us to do something more, it's your intuition. It's your internal compass that's wanting to push you forward, direct you. But what happens is we often just don't trust it. We don't trust ourselves. Then we just wait for things to change to make us feel better, or even worse, we change ourselves. However, when you begin to trust your inner guidance, you begin to lead with your authenticity and make those courageous choices, you will then embrace a life with new experiences and people, ultimately leading you to have a passion-filled destiny. This brings me to today's guest, D.L. Kegler, who's a man that's all about self-care and self-love. He's also a man that makes choices based off his intuition. D.L. made a choice years ago when he was young to leave his California neighborhood because he knew he was meant to live a different life, a better life and experienced more. So he led with his internal compass out of the neighborhood and into the Navy, where he got to experience a life full of lessons, growth, and possibilities. I bring to you my conversation with the history lover and wisdom seeker. You, you told me you're the alpha male. So what does that mean yeah. to you? Tell me about that. Well, what it means to me is that just being a, a regular dude, a real dude, a real person, uh, strong in my beliefs, strong in my opinions. Because I think these days, especially now, there's such a movement to to squash men a little bit because we, you know, might be a little um, aggressive or we might say a few things uh, and be confident. I think more than anything, being alpha male, being confident, that's the most important thing. Be confident, you know. I love that. Yeah, confident. And then what I like about you, too. So you're the alpha male, but you also are an advocate self-care, self-love? Big time, big time. My my self-love and self-care started uh, a little over 10 years ago after my marriage went down the sewer. I'm going to make this a short, long story. I went back to California to to rekindle my marriage with my, my wife, and that didn't go so well. So, you know, I made the decision to start my life over again, hit the reset button, start my life over again. And, uh, and do that. So on my drive back to uh, Tucson, uh, just driving in my truck and I just started thinking, I have to do this on my own. I have to start loving myself. 
I have to start appreciating myself because right now I was at a low point in my life. Nobody else is going to do it for me. My parents are not going to do it for me. Uh, my kids are not going to do it for me. My marriage is over. So I have to start a new chapter in this life. So on the drive back to Tucson, that's what it was all about for me. Self-love, self-care, self-awareness, relearning myself, uh, not becoming a new me, just a, a different version of me. So. Oh, I like that. And so what things do you think contribute to becoming different? Would you call it like your best self, like your highest self version of I you? Would say, I would say right now, I'm probably more, more aware of myself, uh, more aware of my surroundings, um, more aware of uh, my history. I know 2020 was uh, very difficult for everybody. Uh, but for me, it helped me relearn my love for books relearn Ooh, it. i love like it. that i love yeah. it i love it i'm just i'm i i got 10 and counting right now different things different books history finance everything unlearning relearning other things that i have really, really had no cool. time for yeah. Yeah. So you were able, you're able to grow now and, and Big time. Had, had, yeah, I like that you took that opportunity to do that. Okay. So do you want to talk to us about anything in regards to growing up family? I know you're in the military. Yeah. Well, as far as family, I really, I was just trying to be a good son most of the time and really didn't learn a whole lot about myself until I uh, got into the military uh, when I got in the U.S. Navy. Back in 89, I was just a young boy. I was a child boy. I didn't know mm -hmm. anything. I didn't learn anything. I, I, I knew a little bit about history because I always was a history nut in school, you know, but mostly not through classes, just learn, you know, watching TV. I was a big, big JFK historian as a, even as a kid. I, it was just something about, you know, his story and his tragic ending that just fascinated me ever since I was a little kid. I, yeah. I, I since eight, nine years old, I've always been fascinated by that. So just one of those things. And just and then once I got in the military, man, whoo, <laughs> you know, <laughs> meeting different people from different areas, different languages. And man, I got a class on masculinity, the world, how to be a better person, how to learn things, how to wash my own clothes, how to, uh, you know, really depend on me. That was the biggest thing, depending on me. I had so many people helping me out and pushing me through and all that, but it was my turn to uh, depend on me because I was alone and I wanted that. I I wanted to get out of the world. I got tired of uh, being in the ghetto. I wanted to see some different things, hear some different things and live a different life. I wanted to start that journey. I love that you had that inner desire, something more and yeah. your, way out, your way out of your neighborhood. So what do you think would have happened to you if you stayed, you never went to if the military? I, if I never would have went to the military, I honestly think I'd have been uh, just a victim of the, on the streets. Uh, yeah. You know, it was a lot going on in California back then. I mean, you're talking about the the mid '80s, late '80s, early '80s. I mean, you know, crack hit in the late '80s. I'm mm -hmm. a I'm a, I'm a child of that. I've seen it firsthand. You know, the drugs drug stuff that was going on, police brutality that was going on, all this stuff that's going on new. That's ain't nothing new to me. It's just yeah. on video. We have, <laughs> we have iPhones, boo-boo. <laughs> we have iPhones. Now. That's the only difference. You can you can see it for yourself. The whole world can see it for yourself now. That's the that's the biggest difference. I mean it's always been going on. But I just I I always felt I'm better than this. 
I want to see better than this. I, I I just had that feeling in me. It's like, this ain't it. This ain't yeah. it. I can do more than just this and just being hanging out in the corner. I love sports. It saved me, you know, during my high school years, but it was just that environment, man. Just that, that, that melting pot of just negativity and violence and just all around. I grew up in, in Long Beach, Compton's nearby, yeah. you got everything. LA is 30 minutes away. I mean, we're, we were just young kids just trying to figure it all out. And I just uh, figured it out a little early than everybody else. Like, this ain't it. I got to yeah. go. This ain't it. I didn't, wanna be, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to sell drugs. I didn't want to, I didn't want to disappoint my mom. I didn't want to disappoint my brother. Those were the two people I didn't want to disappoint at that time. That's incredible. So I love that you had like within you a desire for something more that you knew you were worthy of the best life you could possibly get. Yeah. So what was it that your your brother and mom, you say you didn't want to disappoint them? My mom honestly was a little more hands-off in her parenting. She just let me uh, do what I wanted to do within reason. She wasn't a hard, difficult person. I didn't encounter a lot of beatings and cursing out with my mom. My mom wasn't that kind of person. She was a very soft-spoken person. But the person uh, that really helped me get start on my journey of confidence was definitely my brother. He taught me about girls. He taught me about sports, everything. He was everything to me at that time. When he went in the military, I, I, that was, I wanted to do that too. He was just a, a figure for me. Uh, father figure, everything to me at that time. So he passed yeah. away back in 05 at 42. And uh, yeah, oh definitely, definitely a heartbreaker. I am sorry. No gosh, worries. That must have been such an impact for you too, to like have something. Big time. Big time. It definitely, because when he went in the military the first time, that hurt me because it was a, a eight year difference in age with us. Mm-hmm. So, and I used to joke with my mom all the time, like, "Damn, mom, why you wait so long to have another kid?" She always yeah. would say, "Just be glad you're here." So, I was just that, you know, runny nose, nappy head little brother to try to do everything he wanted to do, try to be like yeah. him, wear his clothes, walk like he walked, talk like he talked. He was just one that he was that dude for me. And, That's uh, beautiful. And, and, you know, showing me how to love sports and be respectful. And he always kept saying, uh, Daryl, be humble, be humble. Because I, I, I was a little braggadocious, even as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was always like, hey, tone it down, be humble and uh, do you. But just be humble. I love Appreciate that. He that. had such he had such wisdom. Um, he did. He did. And he, he was like gospel to me. So I, when he spoke to me, I listened with both ears, sometimes with a third ear. So <laughs> I got a third uh, ear somewhere around here. The whole, the whole time, we never argued. Maybe because of age difference, I don't know. But we never argued. I respected him to the utmost. I learned from him, his failures and his, his triumphs. I learned a lot from that man. That's beautiful. Uh, well, let's say a dedication to him, sending him love. And dedication thanks. to my, my big bro, Big Al. Everybody call him Big Al in the neighborhood. He was, he was big A to me. Uh, he, he was daddy. He was uncle. He was best friend. He was everything. Teacher, all of it. All he was like the man in the house. So did you all not have your dad around or, uh, he, he was around, but you know, back then, I mean, dads had to, uh, work a lot and their job was their priority. And my dad really didn't have a whole lot of time for me as a kid. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so my brother took over that job. My uncles took over that job. Uh, and later on, some of my friends took over that job to, you know, 
instill wisdom and show me stuff, you know, like show me how to drive and stuff like my dad didn't have time for all that. You know, he was just working hard to do. So you had Mm -hmm. people in your life that led you, gave you wisdom. In the early way. Yeah. 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 So, but now you're someone who gives daily wisdom and is that someone, I feel like you're paying it forward. Can you tell us about how you are everyday wisdom, like where you work and the people maybe younger than you? You know what? I I just take it upon myself to help out the younger guys through relationships, life experience, uh, because I've been through it all. Every kind of level of relationship, I've been through it. Life experiences, dealing with people, how to be around and exchange with other people, other races. It taught me a lot about that because I I just one of those things where, you know, you had to learn how to work different ethnicities and races and all that stuff. So the military was definitely a benefit when it comes to that. I know that you've also said that you've been every kind of man. Every <laughs> kind of man. And er- tell and me all about that. What does that mean? I- I've been boyfriend. I've been, uh, I've been side dude. I've been all of it. I've been all of it. And, uh, you know, and, and <laughs> the other just, dude, <laughs> I've been the other dude. I've been the, the kept man. I've been side. The dude. Milkman? I've been, Any milkman? <laughs> well, 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 back in the seventies and eighties, uh, they had this term called kept man. So oh, basically, kept. I thought you said cat man. K- K-E-P-T, cat oh, man. What is so a cat man? Dude, that dude was the dude on the side uh, you know, and he was just getting taken care of. The wife would usually come see him when she can, when she had time, take care of him, take him out to lunch or whatever, or they'd go to lunch together. She would, you know, bomb presents and stuff like that on the holidays for his birthday. He was a cat man. And it was an understanding where, you know, okay, you, you be my side dude, and uh, but you can't be messing around with no other women. So yeah, I, I've been that dude. And it, it was it was fun. It, I tell you what, it was fun. I saw a different side of relationship. Like, wow, being the being the side dude has a lot of benefits. That's a lot of benefits to it. Just saying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the best. Oh, my God. I, that might Just have that. to be the name of this podcast. Every kind of man. I'm every, every kind, kind of man. man. I've been husband. I, you know, I'm, I'm a father. I'm a grandfather now. And, it, and, it, and even today, it still trips me out. Uh, I still can't believe you're a grandpa because you do not look like grandpa. <laughs> I trust me. I, I wake my head. I wake up every morning like, man, how to? He, he's a blessing. I can't. I just. I. It, I can't wrap my head around it. Sometimes just looking at him. Sometimes like, man, I, I really am a grandfather. I can't believe this. He. He's really here. I just can't believe it. You know, I can't believe it. So I've been every kind of dude. Like I said, I was a good husband. Could I've been better? Yes. I think we all can. Uh, but I, I knew what kind of woman I wanted when I was ready to get married. I knew what kind of woman I wanted when I wanted to have children, even as a, as a kid, I wanted to have kids and I wanted to have two kids, but I was going to be very, very selective about what woman I chose to be my wife, what woman I chose to be, um, the mother of my children. And I got it right on all sides. Beautiful. So even though y'all didn't stay married, you you don't regret those decisions. It was part of the path, part of your journey. It was, it was part of the journey. Yeah. It was part of the yeah. it was part of the journey. Uh, we met. We were both super young. You know, Jodeci was hot back then. Oh gosh, I, I, <laughs> I don't mean to date myself, but Jodeci was hot back then. You know, boys to men. I was in the military at the time, and I wasn't looking to settle down. But after uh, the the Gulf War. And seeing how quickly life can go and seeing that firsthand, being on the ship and being out there in the, in the, in the IE and in the, in the Gulf and stuff like that. You know, I could have lost my life at that time. And I was only 18, 19 at that time. So um, 
when I got back to California, I got real serious about life and wanted to find a good woman to, uh, you know, move on this journey with. That's awesome. And so, I got it okay. in spades. Got it. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. She's so a beautiful you, woman, beautiful grandmother. I love that. I love that you have a beautiful outlook on that. Um, so you said you've been every kind of man. What would you say the kind of man you are today? Who are you today? Me today, I would say I'm self-aware. I'm uh, living the free agent lifestyle. Uh, Ooh, I, love, I like that. I, the free agent lifestyle. Free agent lifestyle. Yeah, I know it's a shameless plug. It's somebody out there right now. That's one of his monikers right now. But I've adopted I've adopted that lifestyle for over 10 years now. So but yeah, free agent lifestyle, that's the way I live. I, you know, I love my alone time. I love my uh single being I love being single. People like, oh, you, you know, you you're single, you ain't lonely. No, I'm not lonely. Uh, you know, I live alone, but I'm not lonely. I have family, I have Beautiful. friends. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I love me. That's the, yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. loving me, loving yourself. That's, that's, that has to be priority number one these days. And then once you love yourself and learn yourself, then you can try to move on and try to love somebody else. But you got to love yourself first. Because people get uncomfortable being alone because they don't. I, so I'm that's not why they, yeah. I, it, yeah. Was it hard the first, uh, the first, couple of months after, you know, the separation and divorce. Yeah. Because we were together for a long time. We were together for almost 18 years. So uh, sleeping in the bed by myself was definitely a head trip, man. It was just something to get over with, you know, because I was so used to, you know, sleeping with her for all those years and stuff and being in the same bed, having somebody in the same bed, which at the same time, uh, it definitely was an adjustment. I had to get used to that, you know, but once I did, and then after, again, after the, the attempt to uh, reconciliate uh, the marriage and reconcile the marriage, uh, when that failed, and I knew I had to step into a new chapter, new journey and uh, move on, you know, and I love being single. I'll say it again. I love being <laughs> single. I love my time. And when I'm ready to, when I want to have, you know, lunch dates or hangouts, I have, I have those people, you know, in my life to, uh, to do those things with. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love it. Like I, that. I love it. I, and I try to, I try to not maybe so much the young guys. I know a lot of the young guys and even some of the young women out there, they're looking for love and looking for boyfriends and trying to get uh, validated and, and, and be uh, in serious relationships. But you know, I, those days are over with for me, you know, those days are for me. I just like my time. And when I want to give up my time to hang out with somebody cool and and special and stuff, I do that. I reach out to that person or people and let's do it. Let's get together. Let's have a drink, have lunch, watch a movie. Let's do whatever. But yeah. it's, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's no gun to my head. It's nothing mandatory. It's not uh, done out of, uh, you know, you know, because you have to, you're forced to do it. No, it's just all love, all love. I have some fun questions to ask you. So who, who would you say inspires you? Who's your biggest inspiration? Uh, biggest inspiration, I would say right now, I would say Dick Gregory. I would say Dick Gregory. Definitely. Definitely. You know, that's just, awesome. Just his speeches and some of the stuff he just hits home, you know, mm-hmm. about history and life and what he went through and the path he chose. I mean, this man gave up being a, a, a high paid comedian in the 60s and gave that up for the movement, for the civil rights movement. He gave that up. He, he knew Martin Luther King. He knew uh, Malcolm X, he spoke to Malcolm, uh, wow. the morning that he, that he got killed. And, uh, Jeez. you know, just hearing that, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, you know, and just, you know, him talking about the power of water, the power of fitness, 
and and talking about walking and drinking spring water and all this stuff I never learned as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. Now it just hits home, you know. And also I have the time to to listen now. I didn't have mm-hmm. time uh, when yeah. I was raising four kids back in the early nineties. I didn't have time for that. I had to work. I had to provide for them. I had to make them happy. Spend time with them. Spend time with my my wife and give her, you know, what she needed and what she desired at the time. I had zero time to learn anything. Mm-hmm. I, had, I was just on the go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now I do have time. So Dick Gregory, I'll say right now. Yeah. Dick Gregory is probably the most influential person in my life right now. That's awesome. And the next question, what is your favorite quote? Oh, favorite quote. One of his is uh, uh, truth doesn't have to be validated by ignorance. Tell me about that. What does that mean to you? (laughs) Basically, he's just saying with with his research power and money behind, because he this man made a lot of money conducting speeches around the world. I mean, around the world. And uh, he had he had a big research team. And so he when he was doing all research and finding about all this stuff, you know, that uh, the news wouldn't tell us about. Just listening to him, he, he, he yeah. spoke truth to power. So when anybody tried to come up with with BS, it was that was just ignorance trying to come to him, and he wasn't hearing it. He was because he knew better. He, he like the truth. It. He's a truth seeker, and like you said, he's he has evidence. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he's got and he's got receipts to back it up. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know? He has the receipts, so you can't fight the receipts. If the, if the man got receipts, he's like Daddy Google. He, he, you, I love it. People, people love this man. You know, he he has so much wisdom. And I'm just I'm just I'm just learning now everything he learned. And I got so much more to learn. You know. And my last question for you, what is your favorite book? My favorite book, uh, Death of a King. And it was written by Tavis Smiley. I don't know if you know who Tavis Smiley is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a. Uh, uh, he was on BET, he had a couple of shows on BET back in the early 90s. Tavi Smiley is a great writer. Uh, and But he wrote a book eh, about four or five years ago called Death of a King. And it talked about MLK and it talked about his last year on this earth before he was assassinated and the trials and tribulations he went through. And I, 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 I'm I, a big King fan. I love Malcolm X, too, uh, as you know, by the Malcolm X glasses. I know you have the glasses. <laughs> yeah, love Malcolm X. But King was also inspiration, too, because. You know, this man, all he did was share and talk about love, love, Mm -hmm. love, love. And just reading about how his life, his life, the last year of his life was just tragic, man. It almost made me cry. You know, even his own people, even his own people was starting to backstab him, you know, and just wasn't they wouldn't they didn't want to hear him no more. And all he talked about was love. All he gave was love. I know uh, I know people, you know, want to. You know, always reference the I dream, I, I have a dream speech, but that wasn't all his, you know, that wasn't his only famous speech. He had so many more that I've learned through YouTube and reading and knowing his history and stuff. But that, that book, Death of a King, definitely was. That, I would say 1A, I would say 1B is probably uh, the untold history of the United States, uh, written by Oliver Stone. And that definitely was a eye opener for me. Uh, that guy, I mean, he broke it down the military history. Being a young military man that I was, I was so naive. I I, I was just want to do uh, for my country and get something out of it for myself. Get the you know some monetary benefits out of it. Travel a little bit, but reading that Oliver Stone book just man opened my eyes. So. Well, it's been so fun to have you on. Yeah, um, I, I love hearing. Won't, won't be the last time. Let's do that. <laughs> 
And, and I can't wait for everyone to hear just your story and um, for men to know that, you know, they can love themselves and it's okay. Yeah. To be, <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's okay to love yourself and, 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 and relearn yourself. It's okay to do it and read up on wisdom and learn your history. I don't care if it's black, brown, white history, just read, learn history. You know, yeah. it will help you. It will really help you. So, you know, and the wisdom I'm gaining, I'm just paying it forward and paying it to the young guys at work and just sharing my trials and tribulations, my successes, my failures, my my tears and and stuff I've learned from different people, you know, just helping them out best I can because relationships is hard for everybody. I'm trying to, you know, work and and try to be a boyfriend and try to be a husband and try and be a father. It, it, it pulls you in so many different, different directions. So I try to help them. If they come to me and ask me, hey, um, how can uh, you helping, you know, my girl saying this or she's feeling this way or, you know, we've been, you know, together for a year or two now. You know, what's next? I'll let them know what's next, you know, what's coming, what's down the road and everything. I give it to them. I don't hold nothing back at all, at all. Yeah, that's beautiful. Just to help them out, just to help them out. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. I do hope you enjoyed my conversation with DL. If you liked this podcast, please hit subscribe, rate, and tell all your friends all about it. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or visit my website at www.teresacaesar.com. I'll be back in two weeks.